God wants there to be fire in the church. Fire in your relationship with God. Fire in a marriage with a married man. Fire in the preaching. Amen. Well, welcome to the inaugural church service of the Stockholm International Christian Church. It is so incredible to be here together. And what a celebration it has been so far. Thank you to those who are visiting us internationally. Of course, we have some visitors in attendance from Amsterdam here in the house today. We have visitors come as far as the United States, okay? And it's uh, so amazing just to hear uh, Matt and Helen. Thank you so much for sharing your heart for, uh, for the contribution. Uh, just for your heart uh, to sacrifice and really live that type of lifestyle, lifestyle for decade after decade. It's, uh, it's an upward call. Thank you so much for inspiring us today. Do we have any visitors from London here in the house today? They got the Londoners in the house. I mean, I, I love London. Uh, Ash and I, of course, we had the privilege of uh, living in London three years uh, prior to coming back to Stockholm here. Uh, and we actually got to lead the south region of the London International Christian Church. Uh, so, so, of course, it's great to have uh, Paul Tulumba in the house, Paul T. And uh, you, you, you know how Paul is? He's like the mascot of the London church. Like, if you don't like Paul T, like, you are off. Like, it is not, it's not him, it's you. Like, something, something is wrong if you got issues with the mascot, trust me. Uh, Paul is one of the most pure-hearted disciples we have in our very movement of God. Uh, of course, it's great to have Emilia in the house as well. And uh, just a dear daughter in the faith to Ashley and myself. Uh, she actually got baptized into Ashes in my Bible talk uh, in uh, southwest London. And just to see uh, her spirit, just to see how quickly she has grown up uh, to become a powerful uh, disciple and the leader of women in the, the kingdom of God. And I cannot even begin to express how proud I am of the Stockholm International Christian Church. Just all of the hard work that the church has been putting into making this into a great time for us to be together. All the work behind the scenes, like stuff you don't see, stuff you don't think about, is taking a lot of work. Uh, I'm so proud of the, the disciples who were here before the mission team came. Uh, of course, myself, Ashley, and several others were part of the mission team that was sent out in November to come from London here to Stockholm, Sweden. But also those who had remained faithful here up until that point, just to welcome us as the mission team into the Stockholm uh, group. And again, to seeing how even their financial giving has roughly doubled since we first came here. Because you're willing to sacrifice for what you believe in. The shows that people are starting to believe more and more in what we're doing. We all have, have disciples had give a part or all of the special missions in May, only now just to help us stay afloat financially. Again, so the Stockholm Church is amazing. Super proud of the Stockholm Church. Of course, we're grateful for Michael and Michelle uh, really being our parents in the faith. Uh, and we, that really was during a time when we needed it the most when we're just at the low point in our, in our faith, uh, just going, going through a lot and not really having hope, but really having faith to, uh, to improve. And again, the, the way you, you poured yourself into us, the way you believed in us, uh, through the thick and the thin, uh, really just helping us to, to come back to life and start growing spiritually. We are uh, forever grateful for that. So we love you so much and we're behind you, heart and soul. It was so great to hear the international prayer because really that is in many ways what we are all about. We're about being a church of all nations. When I look around you, what do you see? A lot of nations. <laughs> and just to hear the disciples pray, 
to be able to see Ukrainians pray in Russian and Ukrainian. Because then in the kingdom of God, we don't, we don't believe in racism. We don't believe, well, we like our nation, we don't like that nation. And just to see the heart of our Ukrainian sisters who love Russians during a time such as this. I'm so proud of Yulia because she was actually the first baptism of our Stockholm church here two weeks ago. There she is in the back. <laughs> and it made me think of the scripture in Isaiah 43, verse 4, where it says, Since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you, I will give people in exchange for you. Nations in exchange for your life. So perhaps the war happened so that she could become a disciple here. That's how much God loves us. That's how much God believes in us. Well, today we're going to be talking about fire. In Genesis 3, God called Moses from within a burning bush. In 1 Kings 18, we learn that the God who answers by fire, he's God. According to 1 Corinthians 3, the quality of the congregation will be revealed with fire. Isaiah 43 verse 2 says, when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. So God protects us from getting burned in a fire, in particular, the eternal fire. In Acts 2, the church was started with the Holy Spirit and fire. Jeremiah 20 verse 9. But if I say, I will not mention his word. Or speak anymore in his name. His word is in my heart like a fire. A fire set up in my bones. I'm weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. You see, God wants there to be fire in the church. Fire in your relationship with God. Fire in a marriage if you married a man. Fire in the preaching. What do the young people say nowadays? That was flames. <laughs> well... How hot are the flames? When you look into orange flames, they range from around 1100 to 1200 uh, degrees Celsius. White flames are hotter, measuring 1300 to about 1500 degrees Celsius. The brighter the white, the higher the temperature. For blue flames, or flames with a blue base, you expect the temperature to rise dramatically, heating roughly 2,500 to 3,000 degrees. So the question is, what is your temperature today? According to Revelation 3, there are three temperatures for Christians. Hot, cold, lukewarm. Revelation 3 verse 15 says, I know your deeds, that you are neither hot, cold, nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. Why? Because when you're hot or cold, you know exactly where you're at. And verse 16 says, so because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. To spit out in the Greek means to vomit, to reject with extreme disgust. <laughs> That's not where you want to be, amen? <laughs> See, and showing how Jesus views lukewarm Christianity, lukewarm Christians. So today, are you hot? <laughs> okay, maybe like half a person here is hot, okay? Today, are you hot? <laughs> are you cold? If not, then what are you? 
The title for my lesson today is Scandinavia set ablaze. Let us go to Luke chapter 12. Scandinavia set ablaze. Luke chapter 12. It is so great to see uh, so many familiar faces. Of course, I had the honor of living in Stockholm for eight years prior to going to London. And just to see many, many friends, people who have known from before. Thank you so much for coming out today. It's so great to see you again. Look forward to catching up and uh, encouraging each other's faith. In Luke, Luke 12, it says in verse 49. Luke 12, verse 49. And this is Jesus speaking. And he says, I have come to bring fire on the earth. And how I wish it were already kindled. But I have a baptism to on a go. And how distressed I am until it is completed. Do you think I came to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but division. From now on, there will be five in one family divided against each other. Three against two and two against three. They will be divided. Father against son and son against father. Mother against daughter and daughter against mother. Mother-in-law against daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. So what did Jesus want to see on earth? Fire. And he couldn't wait until the whole earth would be set ablaze. When you read about the biblical Jesus, he was a radical man, a radical prophet. He came with a radical message. So what do we need in our day and age? We need the radical message of Jesus Christ. You see, we live in a time where there are many celebrities, but few role models. Many pretenders, but not many true contenders to having a strong life example. The word of God is being silenced so that people would not be offended. We live in a time where the men are soft and the women are strong, rather than the opposite. A time where men are starting to take home the tights for women's athletics. We live in a time where taking a strong stance against a lack of morality is seen as taboo. A time when sin is normalized and immorality promoted. A time where losing one's virginity rather than protecting it is seen as an achievement. A time where living as a fully committed Christian is seen as cultish. And the list goes on. The Jesus of the Bible, the real Jesus, was not the blue-white, blonde-haired Jesus we're used to here in Scandinavia. The effeminate Jesus, the, dare I say, emasculated Jesus. You see, Jesus of the Bible was the lion and the lamb. <laughs> he was both of them. Now, a lamb is uh, cute. <laughs> because a lamb you can control. We want to rule over Jesus. A Jesus you can take out of the box when Christmas comes and Easter, and then put it back when it's over, until next year comes. Not the controversial Jesus, the Jesus turning, flipping around tables. That's not the Jesus we want. But again, who does the lamb appeal to? More to the women or more to the men? You see, lamb is cute. <laughs> lamb is safe. And again, those are the things women naturally gravitate towards. Family, safety, stability. 
Now the men are more drawn to the lion. <laughs> Fierce, dominant, ferocious. That's what the men love. I love having Tosin here. Like Tosin is a man's man. You know, some some people you 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 hug them and there's a bit of give. You know what what I'm talking about? You hug Tosin, no give. <laughs> of course, we have the female equivalent who is Georgia here in Stockholm. She can also outdo most brothers. I mean, she would never say that because she's a godly woman. Anyhow, moving on. So as C.S. Lewis put it in Narnia about Aslan, that is Jesus. And it reads, Aslan is a lion. The lion, the great lion. Oh, said Susan, I thought he was a man. Is he quite safe? I shall feel rather nervous about meeting a lion. Safe, said Mr. Beaver. Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but it's good. That's what Jesus sees. And since the society and much of the religious world portray Jesus as the emasculated Jesus, the true Jesus is not being preached. So again, the gospel is not reaching the men. Yeah, honey, you can, you can go to church. I'll stay home and watch TV. So what is one of the most endangered species on the face of the planet? The true Christian male. And that's not going to be us. Because we're going to be preaching about the true Jesus. And the hearts of real men are going to be stirred. You see, the true gospel of Jesus will attract real men. So where are the men in Sweden at? Where's the men at? It's great to have women coming to church. But where's the men? Men are busy watching porn, playing video games, while the country is becoming more and more godless. When will the men get indignant and start by leading by example? So Jesus came to bring fire on the earth. What about you? Let us turn to Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. Our first point, God is in the fire. <laughs> God is in the fire. Exodus 3, verse 1. And it reads, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. To see here that Moses, he led the flock. So God was preparing him to be a leader. Because soon he would be leading the flock of God's people. Verse 2. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire. <laughs> from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. <laughs> so Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. Why the bush does not burn up. To see that Moses saw this great sight. This bush being on fire, but it, it did not burn up. And he thought it strange. <laughs> of course, in Sweden, we have a lot of people burning out. Because it is they themselves that are burning, not the Spirit of God. You see, when the Spirit of God is burning, you will not burn out. Because the Spirit of God will sustain you. 
Now, the Spirit's fire is different from regular fire, amen? So if you're on fire, that's bad news. <laughs> if it's regular fire, you'll burn up. But with Spirit's fire, it can keep you burning. And it can be a fire without burning up. I think of Spurgeon, who preached in England during a time when most of the churches, their attendance was about 10 people. But each church would have thousands, 5,000. And it's related to the saying that, that when people come, they come and watch me burn. <laughs> you see, when you're on fire, it's attractive. Because it's special. It comes from God. So the bush was on fire. The question is, are you on fire? And you find that God was trying to catch Moses' attention. In verse 4 it says, When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. And what you find is that there have been 400 years of silence from God. When the people had become a great nation in Egypt. And not a message from God until God breaks the silence by saying, Moses, Moses. You see, God always starts with the man of God, choosing the prophet. And Moses said, here I am. He called, he heard the call of God. And God is trying to catch your attention today so that we could be on fire for him. And it says, verse 5, do not come any closer, God said. Take up your sandals, for the place where you're standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. And of course, if you're familiar with Matthew, in Matthew 22, 32, Jesus makes a point out of the scripture that God is the God of the living, not the God of the dead. So where it says that God, I am, meaning that they must still be alive. Not I was, but I am. So meaning that they were in eternity. The question is, do you think about your eternity? Because ultimately, what matters at the end is who is saved and who is lost. You think about your eternity. But you see God for who he is. That God is the great I am. Not the great I was, but the great I am. When you feel yourself needing encouragement, God says, I am your encouragement. When you're feeling hopeless, God says, I am your hope. When you feel lost, God says, I am your salvation. He's the great I am. I pray that he's the great I am in your life. What happens when you don't have fire? Things get cold. <laughs> Those are visiting Sweden. It's, it's, uh, it can be cold here. It's not, very, it's not very, very cold right now. Exactly. Because our theme coming here was actually bold, not cold. Because we knew for one that the country is going to be cold. Okay. We had uh, probably like minus 13. I think it's the coolest we've had this, this winter. Uh, which, I mean, it's, it's kind of normal, isn't it? If you live here. <laughs> so it's not like, well, you know. But it's, uh, it's cold. But also we knew that, that the culture is, is cold. So again, that we would need to bring some fire. <laughs> we would need to bring some, some heat. And of course, our theme was, bold, not cold. Can we say it together? Bold, not cold. 
Bold, not cold. Bold, not cold. Bold, not cold. Bold, not cold. Amen. So give it in your heart. Bold, not cold. Because without the spirit, you get cold, not bold. That's why you got to keep the spirit burning. And Moses, he was afraid to look at God. Because really, the fear of God is the fear of God. You don't want to mess with somebody who is so powerful, who could destroy you in an instant. You have a fear of God because you understand the power of God. So do you have the fear of God in you today? You know, my, my family, uh, I come from Estonia and uh, I moved here in 2011. But my family, actually, we have a country house outside of Tallinn, the capital city. And uh, in that, uh, well, we have uh, a pretty big yard. As such, my mom, she grows everything, potatoes, uh, tomatoes, you know, cherries, uh, apples. I mean, you name it, rhubarbs, uh, pumpkins, you know. So if you, if you know the name, she probably grows it, okay? And, uh, and also, being at the country house, you have to mow the lawn, okay? It, it's not fun, but you just got to do it. And now my, 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 my grandfather, uh, he had actually, he had this like huge cable, this huge row. And you know how usually you have a cable where you have pins on one side and, then, and you have socket on the other side. Now that's for a reason. <laughs> because if you have pins on both sides, you may uh, get some power that is beyond your power. Let's say like that. <laughs> some, so some power that you may not be ready for, okay? And uh, of course, I foolishly used that one. Uh, because I had to take the lawnmower to, to quite, a, quite a far away area. And I was just sitting on the grass, uh, enjoying the day. And foolishly, I just grabbed the pins of the part where the electricity was. And again, I just went, went blank. Like, like black, black, black. <laughs> and then, you know, when I opened my eyes, I see my mom is running towards me. So she saw me being electrocuted. That's not fun. You know, so you could say, I, I tapped into power that was beyond my power. <laughs> you could say I was fired up at that moment. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I got to thank God because I wasn't a disciple at that point. You know, I, I would have gone to hell if I had died, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy I didn't. God protected me. But again, you know, just from the short, short contact, I had places on my hands. Just from the heat and from the electricity. My muscles, they were just sore. Because like your body tends up to a degree that you, you, you couldn't physically. Uh, again, and I will never forget it. <laughs> because of the power. <laughs> you see, when you tap into this source of power, you will realize it very quickly. Yes. But that is really what the Spirit of God does. It is a power that is beyond your power. And we got to make sure that we tap into God's power. Yes. How is your prayer life? How is your walk with God? And I find for myself, when I'm not close to God, I just become me. Just weak, uninspired, insecure, you know, it's, it, it's not great. So we got to tap into the source of power. So our power comes from our walk with God. And suddenly you have a power that is beyond yours. What did God say to Moses in verse 5? God told him, do not come any closer. To how many of us has God said, don't come any closer? You're getting too close. Our relationship is getting too close, too intimate. How close to God are you? How close are you to the fire? Because you will never catch fire unless you're close to the fire. We've got to catch fire for God. 
Where was the fire inside a bush? That's pretty inspiring, right? I looked up the Hebrew for the bush. It means a bush. <laughs> Furthermore, it can mean a thorny bush. You know, you can be a bit thorny sometimes. We have some remnant disciples that can be a bit thorny sometimes. Amen. <laughs> but but there, was, there was nothing special about the bush. It was just a bush. You see, what is special is not us. There's nothing special about us. But what is special is what is inside of you. Because when you become a true disciple of Christ, you believe in Jesus. You let yourself be made into a disciple, but not a disciple. You repent of your sins and you get baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. And then God promises that you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. How are you going to live the Christian life without the power of God? You will find yourself lacking. So it's not about who you are, it's about what is inside of you. So God commissions. God sent Moses. And verse 11, but Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and to bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Exactly. You don't have to be anyone special. <laughs> the bush. Did you learn from the bush? And God said, I will be with you. So what is God's answer? When you feel, am I sufficient? Am I going to be lacking? I mean, coming to Sweden, you got to ask yourself these questions. I'm like, wow, man, like, there's a lot of work to be done. <laughs> I mean, there's financial challenges. You got to, you know, keep your full wife fired up, love your kids. Uh, I mean, th th there is a lot of work. So do I... Do I have what it takes? <laughs> and I see just how God sees beyond the excuses. Because Moses says, who am I? What is God's answer? I will be with you. Doesn't address his issues. Doesn't matter who you are. It, matter, it doesn't matter who you are. It matters who is with you. Because God promises, I will be with you. So when you feel like, I cannot. I can't change. I can't carry on the work. God says, I am with you. But I'm a sinner. I mess up. I am with you. Why do you believe in me? I am with you. <laughs> so let's listen to what God is telling us. And 1 Thessalonians 5.19 says, Do not quench the spirit. Now the word quench comes from the Greek, spenemi, which means to extinguish or quench, or fire or things of fire. God's word translation says, do not or don't put out the Spirit's fire. ISV says, do not put out the Spirit's fire. So keep the Spirit of God burning inside of you. Deal with a sin so that God's fire would keep burning inside of you. Check out Zechariah 13. I'm not sure if somebody's keeping an eye on the time as well. Okay, okay. Keep my eyes on my father in the faith here. Zechariah. Our second point, our God is a purifying fire. Zechariah 13, verse 7. And it reads, Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, against the man who is close to me, declares the Lord Almighty. Strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. And I will turn my hand against the little ones. In the whole land, declares the Lord, 
two-thirds will be struck down and perish, yet one-third will be left in it. This third I will bring into the fire. I will refine them like silver and test them like gold. They will call on my name and I will answer them. I will say they are my people and they will say the Lord is our God. So one-third, you understand that the majority is wrong. But there is a min minority, the faithful ones of God. And these faithful ones, he will put into the fire. <laughs> Why? Because God wants to refine it. He wants to have a covenant with us. For me, coming from Estonia, we were under the Soviet Union until 91, which is Marxist, non-religious. They actually taught atheism in school during the time. So I, I was somebody who never went to church. I went into a church building for, to see the art. I studied art. Amen. <laughs> some of us are more fired about uh, art than some others are. But anyhow, really, I, I consider myself as one of the weakest people to become a disciple. I was so, so insecure. I'd been bullied at school, gone to depression, thought about taking my own life because I don't have any hope. I don't have anything to look forward to. And then from that, there was a disciple who reached out to my friend who invited me along. And actually at that point, I was drunk. And to my shame, I laughed at my friend for even considering Christianity. There was such pride and arrogance from my side. I was so have been. So through the infinite mercy of God, I became a disciple in 2008, 2nd of January. And that really is the biggest miracle, that God is willing to forgive us for our sins. But when he does, luckily he doesn't leave you where you are. I used to have long hair back in the day. I would have my billiard skew with me and my, my guitar case, always ready to play the guitar and pull. Okay, so I was, I was locked and loaded. I, I was ready to go cowboy boots, leather pants. I was, I was living the life. Me and Ashley, we have kind of discussed the long hair again, but she doesn't really approve, so, so let me... Not really, amen, I, I, I know where she stands. But point being that if I could become a disciple, if I could become anything resembling anything even close to an example, then so can you. If I had hope, I mean, you, you got plenty of hope. <laughs> you can become a disciple. And we got to remember where we're coming from so that we would not go prideful. Because it's only through the mercy of God. Of all the people who became disciples in Estonia, only myself and Christian are still faithful. She's in Kiss Kingdom right now, but she's with us. So God, he wants to purify us. So he chooses you, but he doesn't leave you the way you are. But it starts refining you. Check out First Peter 1. And if you've been a disciple, you, you, you've been part of some refining. Amen. First Peter 1. First Peter 1. 
1 Peter 1, verse 6. And it says, in this, you greatly rejoice. <laughs> Though now for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. So we know what the goal of our faith is, the salvation of our souls. And you may ask about the joy. Well, describe as joy, it's inexpressible. <laughs> I can't, but it's glorious. That's the joy that God gives to us. And again, for you to refine gold, you would have to bring it to a boiling temperature. And when the gold starts boiling, all of the impurities, they come to the surface, the dross. And you would remove it so that the gold would become more pure, dealing with impurities. And the blacksmith would do it until he would see his own reflection in the gold. So God will continue to purify us until he sees his reflection when he looks at us. So it takes fire, it takes heat for the impurities to come out. Question is, where do you need to be purified? What heat is God putting you through currently? Remember that God is wanting to make you pure. Because he wants to see his own reflection in you. Leviticus 10. Leviticus 10. Leviticus chapter 10. Leviticus 10, verse 1. And it reads, Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abihu, took the censers, put fire in them, and added sea incense, and they offered unauthorized fire before the Lord, contrary to his command. So fire came out from the presence of the Lord and consumed them. And they died before the Lord. Moses then said to Aaron, This is what the Lord spoke of when he said, among those who approach me, I will show myself holy. In the sight of all the people, I will be honored. Aaron remained silent. Our last point, God is a consuming fire. Now, many English translations translate unauthorized fire as a strange fire. <laughs> and that's actually the more preferred translation. It comes from the Hebrew zur, which means to be strange. Now, we don't want any strangeness in the kingdom, do we? No weirdness. You just like meet some disciples, like, this feels weird. <laughs> like, what's, what's going on? You know? Like, there is no sin of weirdness, but sin makes you weird. Disciples acting strange. Why are you acting strange? What's, what's going on? There is some weirdness going on here. But again, only Aaron had the right as the high priest to burn incense. So they stepped out of line. There was a strange fire, unauthorized fire. And God said, oh, you want fire? I'll give you fire. You see, there are strange doctrines out there. Accept Jesus into your heart. Accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. Not in the Bible. It's a strange fire. Pray Jesus into your heart. It's not found. It's a strange fire. Infant baptism, not found in the Bible. It's a strange fire. Confirmation is not in the Bible. Strange fire. So again, 
We need God's fire to burn away all of the strange fires. To burn away all of the false doctrines. Everything that is against God around us. Why do people look down on Christianity? Because of Christians not living like Christians. Because of the hypocrisy. So again, we got to bring true Christianity to Sweden. Hebrews chapter 12. Let's wrap it up here. Hebrews chapter 12. Verse 18. Hebrews 12, verse 13. You have not come to a mountain that can be touched and that is burning with fire. To darkness, gloom, and storm. To a trumpet blast or to such a voice speaking words so that those who heard it begged that no further word be spoken to them. Because they could not bear what was commanded. If even an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned. The sight was so terrifying that Moses said, I am trembling with fear. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God the judge of all men, to the spirits of righteous men made perfect, to Jesus the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Verse 28. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. So again, that is the kingdom that God has prepared for us. Thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly. It was so powerful yesterday, starting out the cross of Christ with John sitting there in the back. Amen. And again, John had been living the, right, uh, the religious life for four years. But really it's a scene difference, like I've never found a church like this. Where people actually go by the Bible. And we were sharing our sins. And even just remembering our sins and seeing the cross of Christ... Well, John and I, we just broke down crying. Because when you see God and who you are before God, it will break you. It will bring you to tears. But again, God wants to give us joy. And he wants us to be part of his kingdom, his church. There is a song by a cappella. It's an a cappella group, if you didn't know. To be with you. And it says, be kind to me, O Father. When judgment day draws near. I'll serve you and I'll praise your name while I am waiting here. And if I could be honored just to gaze upon your face, I would give a million worlds like this to be with you in a place. Because when you realize what Jesus has done for you, not only are you willing to give up everything, you're willing to give up everything a million times around just so that you could have God. And no matter where you have been at, God believes in you. That you can be hope here in Scandinavia. To take a stand for biblical Christianity. God has done incredible things in this moment. Allowing us to grow from 42 disciples in 2007 to now over 10,000 disciples in joyful assembly all around the world. This year, 30 new churches are going to be planted. And here in Europe, 
Dublin, Ireland and Brussels, Belgium are going to plant that from the European world sector. So dear family, it is time. For the sisters, it's time for the early New Year's glow up. It is time for the campus ministry to blow up. It is time for Salidas to raise up. It is time for the brothers to man up. Go to the gym to another pull up. Enough of impurity and yet another mess up. Really, it's just time to grow up. Regarding our lives, it's time to fix up. If you have been holding back financially, it is time to pay up. Keep your field shield of faith up. And never, ever, ever give up. It is time for the men and women to raise up here in Scandinavia. To set ablaze Stockholm, set ablaze Sweden, set ablaze Scandinavia for Jesus Christ. Thank you to God build the glory. I'm going